Hey everyone, really excited about bringing today's episode to you guys where I am interviewing my CEO, Elliot Street. Uh, he is going to be going over what he looks for in reps that he hires. This is part two, and I'm really excited for you all to hear the great tips that Elliot gives in this part of the podcast. Uh, but just like every week, I do want to just take time to just tell you guys how much I appreciate you. Um, and just again, for the new listeners who are reaching out to me, uh, just to give you a little bit of background, right now we have well over 100 episodes. So my encouragement is for everybody to go back, listen to those previous episodes. You'll really get to know who I am. But the quick summed up version is I was a former personal trainer, had no previous sales experience, was able to get four job offers from the top 30 medical device companies in the world. I was able to land a job with the largest company in the world with Medtronic. And I was able to take the lowest performing territory in the nation into the top 10. From there, I have just accepted a regional sales manager role with Innovis Medical, where I'm so proud to be at. Um, so again, in under two years, I went into being from a personal trainer to a actual regional sales manager running the West USA. Um, and so I'm just wanting to share my experience. And like I said, I have over 100 episodes, so you guys can hear exactly what I've done. I always do just want to uh, talk about the course real quick because I have a lot of people reach out about that. I uh, just want to always highlight, we just got three people placed. All three did not have sales experience and they got placed at Stryker, Johnson & Johnson and Medtronic this last week. So always love doing a little shout out of people uh, getting success in the course, breaking into medical device sales and starting their dream career. If you guys are interested in the course, please feel free to reach out to me as we keep the spots very limited because as you can see, we get people hired. but that's why we don't take a lot of people. I make sure that I'm coaching you guys, making sure that we're getting the results that you are looking for. So if you are interested in breaking into medical device sales and would like to be one of those people who can do it in, in a short amount of time and have a lot of success, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn at Jacob McLaughlin or new to medical device sales on Instagram, basically any social media that you can think of. Uh, but again, just wanted to to let you guys know about all the the fun things that are happening in the course. But really excited about this podcast because I know you guys are going to get extreme value as Elliot is just a gun of a guy. He is a doctor, a former uh, collegiate tennis player. He is the CEO. He is under the age of 35. Uh, and, you, and you're going to hear the story of him and our co-founder Jordan, how they literally started this in a in a dorm room to where they're at now. So excited for you guys to to get this. Make sure you get your notes ready and let's get into the episode. Oh yes, I mean yeah. It's all, you almost look at it and go, "That was the first chapter." Yeah, and this is a multi-decade thing. Like yep. when you're a mission-driven business, yep. you can't think about things in in aliquots of one year or six months. You, we think about this as a multi-decade project. Yep, yep. That, that's what it is. Because our mission is to become the world's partner for surgical training. What does that mean? That means that if you are a patient anywhere in the world, and you are having an operation. You should be, when we've achieved our mission, you should be able to turn around to the surgeon and say, what did you learn how to do this surgery on? And they will say, we learned it on the Innovus platforms. Yeah. And I had to do this many of these procedures before I touched a patient and I had to do them to this standard. Yes. That's 
that's what drives us forward as a business. And just so in case anyone's wondering like what on earth you actually do because you haven't said it, we make simulators for teaching surgeons how to operate. So they're for laparoscopic surgery, hysteroscopy and a, and a, and a growing portfolio. So they allow the surgeons to practice in hyper-realistic environments away from the patient bedside, yep. which, is, which is not the traditional approach um, that we were using. Yeah, and, and just so you guys, don't, if you don't know this, right, because in, uh, in America and like just from my experience, a lot of times there's, there's residents who will go practice on a, a person they've actually never yeah. done the procedure. Yeah. They've read about it, but now you're getting that that's being done. And so the mission is everybody who's going to go and perform those procedures already feel confident when they're going in and performing yeah. those procedures on those patients. And so that's our goal. And that's why I get so, I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of this is like the vision is not only just to impact the surgeons, but we, we know impacting millions and hundreds of yeah. millions of lives every single year. And like right now I saw 5.6. Yeah, yeah, we just, I mean, just, yeah, so an example of this, like where we are, where are we in that, that adoption curve and, and, and sort of 10 years of, of work? And actually, this I, I want to touch on, because you, you said it earlier, um, what do any of us look for when we're hiring? Yeah. And there are certain things that have been forged in the fires of building a business from two lads with no money out of a bedroom to 10, and in a med tech business, that's not easy. Yeah. Um, and there's certain things that, that have been forged in those fires that have become the core values that we look for, which I'll touch on. But, mm-hmm. but as you say, yeah, just, just this last week, we've just done an adoption in a, in a whole region in the UK where every surgeon in that region will be utilizing our platforms to learn how to operate. And that's, they'll be taking care of 5.6 million patients. So that's 5.6 million patients. Yes, not all 5.6 million are having surgery every yeah. day. But any one of those 5.6 million that will get an operation by the, the gynecologist or the general surgeons, their surgeon will have got to a standard in the simulated environment before they moved on. And they're also constantly training, because this is the other thing. Yep. The sporting analogies just really help with what we do as 100%. a business. Well, I'll use my favorite sport, of course, tennis. Roger Federer did not win Wimbledon in the first year that he won it, 2003, if I recall rightly, and then didn't go and practice between then and the next Wimbledon mm. and the next Wimbledon and the next Wimbledon. Mm. He, he gained the absolute pinnacle of his sport. He achieved his level that is like, you, okay, you're pretty good at this. And then, he, and then he carried on training and training and training. And that's what we advocate, which is not only should you be getting that level of safety, yeah. so I've achieved this level of skill as a surgeon, We've benchmarked you to say, yeah, you're safe. Now you can go and keep the learning curve going with the patients, yep. but the learning curve, the baseline is so much higher. Yeah. So it reduces risk. But then it's, okay, even while you're doing that, you should still be coming back to the simulated environment because Roger then wouldn't have gone and learned all of his skills just in tournaments. He'd be on the practice court. And that's yep. what we do as a business to 100%. say, that's how we should be training. Yeah. And so like, I, the reason I just say this, guys, is because like, when you hear that many lives are going to be, infect, or, or be impacted and then also know that, you're giving the best possible training. That's that you have to have something that you believe in, and I, I just wanted to touch on that. You know, like why I'm with Innovus, why I believe so so strongly with this mission is. You know, we see it happening. I've seen all the hard work, and then we don't have enough time. But if you could just hear half the stories that these guys have gone through to put this business where it's at, you know, like you would you'd be jumping on the ship as well. So <laughs> I go. But again, the the reason we're just talking about breaking in, you guys, it doesn't matter what industry, what you're doing. There's, it's, there's certain lessons that you have to have that are going to keep pushing you yeah. into those. And so, again, I know you had a couple more different stories of the, the breaking more, more breaking in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's, there's two I want to touch on. So thinking about my, my, my own career yeah. and, and where we are now. Yep. So decent tennis player, 
kid didn't know what he was really doing when it came to medical school took the coaching broke and did all those things to prep to break it and got got four offers for four of the yep. the, the, the higher level medical schools in the uk because i over prepared yep. and we're going to talk about that one in a moment um, but then the other breaking in stories once you get into medical school then it's like okay where am i going to match for my residency or or foundation yep. programs in the uk um it's the internship in, in the us um and that's not a foregone conclusion in the uk it's a national selection program so you can finish medical school and you can be sent anywhere but you can rank your preferences mm-hmm. so this comes back to breaking into the right place and thinking about where your career is going as a, as a surgeon or, or, or a medic and i looked at it and said well okay when i finish with medical school i want to go to the best program in the whole country yeah. i want to go and select the hardest most challenging one because i want to come out of the first two years of being a a, a junior doctor in the uk I want to come out of that having experienced the hardest possible yeah. environment so that I can be the best possible clinician for, for patient care. Yeah. But, th- but those programs, this is the, the John Radcliffe in Oxford, one of the, one of the most prestigious programs in, in the whole world. Yeah. Um, and I looked at that and said, that's where I want to go. Uh, and I just, I just restarted the whole process. Okay, what do I need when it comes to applying for those jobs? Yep. Well, you need to be sitting in the top minimum the top 25% in your class at medical school. Yep. Um, you need to have won some prizes. You need to have put publications together. You need to have, um, they have this application process where you sit a, a, a postgraduate exam, you answer all these other questions. You need to be in like the top 10% for that, but like as an absolute minimum alongside all these other things. And I just, I just went back through that process of over-preparing, over-preparing and making sure I had that no stone unturned. And I ranked high enough to basically pick any job within that program that, that I wanted. So it was, it, was a really, it was a really nice time for me. But the, the, again, the lesson here is um, it wasn't a foregone conclusion just because I'd gone to a decent medical school that I would get that role. There were yep. people in my medical schools that were getting shipped off to all sorts of parts of the country because they hadn't, they hadn't done all of these things. They'd been really, really good academically, but they hadn't done these other things to, to stand them out. Yeah. So uh, that, that's another piece of how do you break into something difficult that 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 was almost harder to get that role than it was to get into medical school it was incredibly difficult yeah and then the other breaking in what i just want to talk about again is um is raising venture capital yeah yeah so this is a very exciting part to like remember two guys 22 in a dorm room putting together to now yeah and I mean, there's hundred, I've got hundreds of breaking in stories of, of, I mean, you could, every time we make a sale into the NHS or any health system, I feel yep. that's breaking in yep. and it comes, it's exactly the same process. Yep. Like ex- just don't have any chinks in the armor. Do everything, over-prepare, o- like and, can't say enough. And we've talked about this too, is like, but if you have a goal, right? How do you know how to accomplish that goal? Well, know the goal, work it backwards on what yep. you would have to do to physically get to achieve that goal yep. and then do everything in your power to do that plus more. Yeah. And, and here's the final, the, break, the, break, the other breaking, so breaking into venture capital. L- less than 1% of businesses, all businesses ever on the planet, raise institutional investments or raise, raise venture capital. It, it is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do it? You, you go and you say, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to go and resource investigate what VCs want and need. That's yep. finding books. That's finding audio books. That's speaking to people that have raised capital before. That's speaking to friendly VCs who would tell you what they maybe want to hear. That's speaking to bankers. That's speaking to corporate finance experts. That's, that's just the research piece. Yep. Then it's preparing. It's 
not just preparing a shiny pitch deck that sounds good. When we went out to, to VC, the first time we did it, we've raised two rounds of, of venture capital now. When we went out to VC, we, we put our pitch deck together, but sitting underneath that was a 22,000 word business plan. And the VCs won't, won't they, they tend to not read those because so, they, they see so many business plans and so many uh, yep. decks, they won't read it. Yep. But my opinion was, well, the, the pitch deck's just an introduction as to what we're doing. It's yep. not the plan. Yep. We have to have a plan. And we have to be able to point to that plan as we go once the money comes in. So we wrote this 22,000 word business plan. And we, in our first round of venture capital, we not only had the deck, the plan, we, we trained and we rehearsed our pitch. So I could stand up and do the pitch, standing on my head on a merry-go-round um, and still be able to deliver it exactly how I would do at any other time. So yep. that there wasn't a single detail that was missed when delivering that pitch because you've yep. only got a certain amount of time to capture the intention of these very busy and very, very intelligent people. Yep. And that level of over-preparing, I think the, the important thing to note here is once you've achieved it, don't then stop. So when you bring venture capital in, yeah, you've achieved this milestone in the business of bringing, of, of bringing venture capital investment into your business. Well, the important thing now is that you actually deliver on the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we look at that, I don't, look, I don't really look at our pitch deck. What I look at is the business plan. Yep. And I go through and I, I look through that and I say, well, here's our milestones. Like This is where we're at. We're either ahead of plan here, behind plan here. Yep. Uh, and we're constantly referring back to that and constantly checking ourselves and making sure, yeah, we're not resting on our laurels. We, we, we got this money. We can just sit back and relax. No, no, no we need to put that money to work. Now. Yep. So um, it's just another example of same process, di- different part of industry, different part of, of business or life. So yeah. breaking into medical school, breaking into work life, This in this case, residency programs, or breaking into venture capital, it, for me, just, just we just keep deploying the same thing. It seems to work. Yeah, it's, so. it's going good so far. Yeah. Like, yeah, we keep going. Now, the thing is, you know, you guys, I first off, I know you're just loving hearing the accent because I just, it's why we like to enjoy the talk, but we're going to really get into it right now is like everything up to this point, if you just go back and listen to, if and you use what Elliot's saying, I promise you, your interviews will be a thousand times better because it's just, because I can just be straight up with you guys. This is real, right? Most of you guys are lazy, all right? That's most people calling me are the people who listen to one podcast and they're like, okay, it's time to reach out. Know nothing about my background and they don't even know where I work, what I do, any of that. It's just doing stuff like that to help you guys get to the point. But what I know is gonna bring the value and why you guys are listening is talking to a CEO and asking when you're interviewing all these people, you're doing the hiring, what are you looking for yeah. in your reps? What are you looking for in the people that you're hiring? Yeah, I'll address, I'll address the, uh, the the audience directly on this one. Um, <laughs> and I, I mentioned about it earlier, I signposted this earlier. Signposting is another thing, by the way, um, if, if you think about communication skills, if you can get good at, and this is a transferable skill from, complete aside, by the way, um, <laughs> this is a transferable skill from medical school. Signposting is a thing about when we're taking histories from patients, when people say something and you're like, you've said something there, and you want to tell me more, but you're not telling me more because I need to do a good job of getting out of you. I'm going to signpost. So I'm going to say, I hear what you're saying, and we're going to come back to that later. Okay, signposting in interviews is, is like an incredibly powerful thing. Just, just want to That's touch really on good. that. And I, but I signposted to you earlier about our core values, which are the things we look for when we're hiring, and we're very clear about them. They were forged in the fire of building this business. <laughs> and, and they're also the things that we've reflected on for myself. And Jordan. bear in mind, I, I, I've, got, I've got an equal partner. Like We would not be sitting here without Jordan. Yeah. 
like yeah. absolutely not but he has the exact the, these exact same things that have made him successful in in rugby yep. in, in in breaking into being a, a chief technology officer in a business where he has to do do hardware and software yeah. it's incredibly <laughs> difficult so here they are these are the three things and it makes it really easy for us when we're hiring we look for attitude excellence and ethic and i'm going to talk to you about what those three things mean for us as a business when it comes to attitude it's all about, am I actually a nice human being? Am I, am I someone that people want to engage with and spend their time around? And when I, when I talk about attitude and then talk about excellence, they almost, they're almost juxtaposed, they're, 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 they're pushing against one another. Because, and I'm gonna come back to attitude and give a bit more detail on it in a moment, but when we think about excellence, this is, I am holding myself to the highest, mm. the highest possible standards. So, let's use an analogy when we're thinking about an exam you can prepare for the exam you can revise for that exam you can get prepped for it and you may prep enough such that if the exam comes along and you have a, the best day ever you'll get like 80 percent in the exam but if you have a bad day you'll get 50. the way i've always prepped for exams and this comes back to being humble enough to do this yep. Is I've revised so heavily and prepared so deeply that I want to know that if I had 100 questions and I had the best possible day, I could get all 100 right. Not because I'm particularly intelligent, but because I've prepared so heavily yep. and I've held myself to such high standards of preparation. I get all 100 right. If they then asked me another 100, I'd get all of those right on a good day and the next 100 I'd get right. So you could get like 300%. Yep. But what that means then, and this is the analogy here for excellence, if you're holding yourself to such high standards and then you have an off day, which we all do, you, you could turn up to the interview where you had to fly and it's like three out time, hours time zone different. You flew in in the morning or you got there last night, bad bed, terrible night's sleep, didn't get coffee, Uber was running late, you get there flustered and you've prepared so heavily that then you're like, I'm gonna have a terrible day here but I prepared to like what I call 150%. You've yeah. had a terrible day, you got 80, you're still gonna be better than pretty much everyone else in the interview. <laughs> that is very, very different to the, our attitude piece yeah. which is, those, the, when I'm describing that level of excellence and ability, you'd expect people to be like, those people are gonna be very cocky, self-assured, have big egos, because you must be if you're that good. If you're able to prepare that well and, and then perform to that standard, you're obviously gonna be like, but you can have that level of excellence. If you're not a nice person that's friendly and engaging, People aren't gonna to wanna to spend their time with you. In, in business, we spend all our time together. Yep. We spend loads of time with our customers and our, uh, and our colleagues. Yep. So the attitude piece, be, be a lovely person. There's, I've got a different way of describing it offline, which I won't put on the podcast <laughs> here, um, but hopefully it's coming through what, what I mean by this. Um, so we've done attitude, we've spoken about excellence. Doesn't matter if you're the nicest person in the world who is just incredibly talented who prepares really, really, really well, that, that, that really is gifted. If you're, non, if you're not gonna then work, and this is our final one, ethic, mm. if you're not gonna work, it does not matter, it's a three-legged stool. Yep. It's like this, like this lamp over the shoulder here. If one of those legs falls off, the whole thing's gonna fall down. And an and ethic or work ethic is so important. It's, it, potentially, it's the foundation for those three, yep. because if, if you don't have it, then you may as well throw the other two in the bin. Yep. And then that's what we look for. That, that's us at Innovus because we, as a, as a, as a founding partnership and, and as a group, we look at it and go, what do we think has made us successful? And there's certainly bigger businesses that have grown quicker than us, but 
the things that we've done so far, we like to think, okay, we're relatively successful there. Yeah. We've reflected on that, looked inside and said, what do we think allowed us to do that and be successful? And those are the three values that for us, every day I get out of bed, those are the three things that I'm thinking about for me personally. Yep. And so we're bringing people into the team and into the family, that's what, that's what we wanna see. And then we have, there's con we're constantly testing those. Yeah. I said earlier, there's constantly tests in our hiring process and there will be for every other med tech company on the planet. There's gonna be constant, constant tests. And we're constantly using different techniques and questions and things to test out, is this person a nice person? They got a good soul effectively. Are, are, are they brilliant? And do they hold themselves to these high standards and are they willing to work yeah. like really hard? And by the end of our process, we'll know whether or not that's, that's true or not for all three of them. I love it. I love it. You guys, like, yeah, I have no word. Just go back and listen to that because we, we've talked about this and this is why I'm here. But, like, again, talking about our uh, work ethic and just everything with your attitude, like we've talked about, people got to, they want to buy from people they like, but they want to be around people they like, right? Nobody likes the jerk. We all know them. But also just working harder. Like, that's the, the conversation. The, the piece, I'm, the reason I'm going into detail on this is because me and Elliot have talked about this. We just talked about it last night. If everything got taken away from us, we'd go back to doing what we had to to put food on the table. Like, yeah. And also why every day is so great is, you know, like I was doing landscaping, making $12 an hour, doing manual labor for 10 to 12 hours a day. And now, even when I moved out, people yeah. would see me in uh, Arizona. I'm making $500 a week teaching jumping jacks. And they're like, how are you so happy? I'm like, I'm just, it's sunny yeah. and it's beautiful weather and I'm not like not digging a six foot hole. And I know you, we talked about this, like there was other situations we could have been in. So now every day is just the dream. And I think that's a really important message for, for you guys breaking in. Cause I mean, you're getting some great content here. There's a, there's a great guy coaching you in. When, when you do get in, you have to remember this. And it comes back to that, that humble piece. Like you're not preordained to be a, a med device sales manager that's earning six figures. Mm -hmm. I'm not preordained to have been a surgeon or be the, the co-founder of, of a business. That, that's, that's just luck. That was, that was literally a series of events that yeah. happened in the right order for me to be in that position. Yeah. And so I'm well aware that that could all Boy, just, just fall apart. Yeah. And worst case scenario, okay, what would I, okay, going back to be a tennis coach or I'd go and work on a farm. Yep, exactly. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm doing right now, flying to LA and spending a week on the West Coast, is that really exciting and fun compared to those those other alternatives? The answer is yes. So enjoy that while you're doing it, but respect the position that 100%. you're in. Um, and then when you do get, I think it's important about the, the breaking in pieces once you're in, because you're, you're helping people get into yeah, the industry. Yeah, yeah. But, but you we, we talk stay. about, yeah, no, we talk about, okay, because again, people in my course, I just had a call about this. I don't get people just to get in and be average. Yeah. If, like that, I don't work with them because it's very select. It's we're in here, you're the top of your top. Yeah. We only work with high performers and we're not here just to make 150, 200K, do yeah. the uh, bare minimum. We're here to be on the top. Yeah. And so being in. Uh, so once you're in and you're there and you're like, this is, this is tough. Like the, actually the three things that Elliot's spoken about, like attitude, excellence, but then ethic, especially ethic and excellence, the, the big med techs are going to be expecting that and they're expecting me to be grinding it out. Yep. But, and, and then you may start after one or two years, people often get comfortable. For, as humans, we've got very short um, memories. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all have. And so very quickly we've forgotten, well, what was it like before I was here? Yeah. And now my new normal is I'm frustrated by the fact that I'm having to spend three or four hours in the car or um, that, you know, I'm standing in theater doing X, Y, and Z. But 
I want people to always think about once you have broken in, you're doing those things and you've been intentional about it, think about what was the alternative for me. And that will make you really value your day to day because then, then you can be in a position where like, this is a tough day, like this, this is hard. I've been shouted at a few times, like um, that we've got stuff on back order, stuff is going wrong. But, but ultimately you can look at that and go, is this still a better outcome than my, my alternative was? And if the answer is yes, then that should allow you to put a smile on your face and carry on enjoying it. Um, and that's, that's such a great point because I, I say this to people all the time. Like for me, it's what I do in my own life and reflect on it. If I'm having a problem, having a bad day, A, you can just change it with your attitude. Is, mm-hmm. is it really that big of a problem? But two, I used to pray and hope for this. Mm. When I was trying to break in, when I, went, I was a personal trainer and I wanted to break into medical device sales, I could have a bad day, but that was, I was hoping to be in this position. Yeah. And now I'm here, right? And like you said, the memory can go by real fast. And so it's like you can go back to where you were. So it's if you just keep reflecting, you know, like this is what I asked for. You know, like in that, and that's why I tell with everybody, with whatever they do with work, you know, with my family and whoever it is, if they're complaining, I'm like, you chose that. Hmm. You, you, this is you. You yeah. know, like, and if you don't, if it's not you anymore, okay, maybe it's not. But like for you, that's why you should love it. And so, yeah, we, I could go, we could go all day about this, but just understanding, you know, like, and we've said this, when you get into medical device sales, and you get into med tech and you're doing this, especially with a startup and, and, and just anything in medical device sales, this is not a walk through the park where you're just working two hours a day, chilling in your bed, watching TV. Like this is, that is no. not this position. Um, and that's why we just always make it very clear that if you want to go and you want to be successful, you're going to have to work. And guess what? There might be someone more talented. There might be someone who has better connections. But guess what? If you can just come in, be humble, be coachable, be ready to work and be willing to do whatever it takes to be successful, I promise you, you'll probably get some traction. And that's what I just want to always make sure to get to you guys is you have the opportunity to do it. It's just, are you willing to put in the effort? Are you willing to be coachable? Are you willing to make yourself uncomfortable in positions? Because to get where you want to go, you have to be, here, I'll end with this quote, to be what you want to be, you have to do stuff you've never done before. And if, it's if you want to be something great, well, you're not great right now. You've got to do things. Going back to the coaching, of going back to sports, to talk about it. How you prepare as a college athlete and how you prepare as a pro is two different ways. Absolutely. And if you're, and again, and then if you're a pro and you want to be a top pro, there's levels to this game. Yeah, my, my piece, to, just to add to that, my final piece is you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's, like you've, got to, you've got to enjoy the hurt, as it were. Jordan, <laughs> my co-founder, he's also a very good Ironman and triathlete, and he, he loves that. Yep. Um, I, I find it from different, I, I, I prefer it in the work side of things, <laughs> uh, rather than running for 500 miles. Um, but you've got, to get, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable, and yep. that's when you're going to be able to make a change. Yep, and that's when you'll grow. But Elliot, I just want to say again, thank you so much for joining us today, being Pleasure. able to uh, talk to these guys. And you guys, I know you enjoyed it, but again, just appreciate you guys listening uh, and, and hearing a true expert and somebody who's not only lives it every single day, but has lived it for the last 10 years of being a college student. But even before that, you know, being a, a t- in tennis and then like, hey, I want to go to med school. And, and again, it's way different, way more competitive. And when he gets in, what he's been able to accomplish. And again, the reason I just say this to you guys and why I'm so fortunate and so glad to be here is like to have a true leader because again, people can say they work hard, people can do it, but when you can physically see somebody answering back 400 emails in a day and literally traveling and doing the stuff, that's what like will get you. So make sure whoever you guys are going with and make you better too because um, it's got to be a family. It's got, Like we said, that's what I love about being here. It is a family. I have everyone's number. We can text. We, jet, we joke around and like you said, um, 
real quick, I just have to touch about this part is like, you know, in our interviews, like I didn't even feel like at the very end that it was an interview for the fact of it just felt so natural. It felt yeah. so like it was so easy. Um, and that's when I knew I, I remember calling my mom afterwards and being like, I just am glad to have this opportunity. It was so much of a, a, a so such a joy to be here, but to know that I have the opportunity to be with a, a founder and people that believe and work this hard is it's motivating. So again, just want to say thank you to you and also this opportunity. Pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me, Jacob, and thanks for joining the team. <laughs> glad to be here. And if you guys are watching, press that like and subscribe button. Helps us grow the channel. If you guys are listening, a five star review helps us grow this podcast and reach even more people. And if you guys are interested in joining the course or learning more about the course, again, you guys can feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, the link is also in the description. You guys can reach out to me on Instagram as well, New to Medical Device Sales, where we're all at. But again, I just truly appreciate your support. Like always, we will have a great week. Go after your goals, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.